Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Amid a summer of troubles in Canada's airline industry, Calgary and Vancouver staff for big player WestJet could soon walk off the job. The strike would be the latest in a line of disruptions Canadian travellers have faced this summer as they take to the skies after two years of pandemic restrictions. I'm Dave Breckenridge and this is 10-3. Calgary Herald business reporter Josh Aldrich joins me to discuss why these WestJet workers could be heading to the picket line, how it potentially adds to existing problems at Canadian airports, and when travelers could see an end to delays and cancellations. Don't forget you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and even Amazon Music. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about us. So Josh, Canadians are used to seeing headlines about trouble in the airline sector and airports in Canada this summer between delays to cancellations. And now we have word that one of Canada's two major airlines could be facing a labor stoppage. Why are WestJet employees in a strike position? And which employees are we talking about? Are we talking about air flight staff, pilots, our counter staff? Who are we talking about here? Well, what we're looking at is the WestJet customer service and baggage handlers at Calgary and Vancouver. So about 700 employees, but these employees, they do a lot of interaction with those who are flying and (laughs) baggage handling. If you're losing a bag, most people have been through that. That's flown quite a bit. Uh, It can be very frustrating, but uh, what's happened, these employees, they're on kind of the low end of the pay scale. They make about 15.50, so minimum wage to $23 an hour. They haven't seen a raise since 2017. That, That pay scale has not been adjusted since then. And because of the pandemic, WestJet, they're one of the few airlines, I think the only major airline in Canada that did not take any uh, government handouts. So what they did, like other airlines and other sectors, they scaled way back their staffing levels. So there are a lot of layoffs, a lot of people left the industry, and now they're having trouble scaling back up, especially under the circumstances of this pay scale. People are taking opportunities to make more money (laughs) with a whole lot less stress. So what's happened? These employees who are on this low end of the wage scale haven't earned a whole lot of money doing this. And like other industries, there's now this gap in staffing in a lot of sectors. So these employees, they're taking better offers elsewhere, whether it's front-facing or wherever else. They can make more money with a whole lot less stress, a whole lot less frustration, as opposed to those who are left behind or have signed on. Uh, They're working oftentimes between 12 and 16-hour shifts regularly. They don't, a lot of times, they don't necessarily have a whole lot of options in this. So this is really the first contract for these workers since they've unionized. So they're trying to really hammer out a lot of the language. They're trying to hammer out a lot of the finer points to kind of set the foundation, not just for this contract, but for future contracts. There's a kind of a lot at work, but there's some major sticking points there being the salary and the workforce that's available and uh, they really blend together and it's been a major sticking point. And so that, that's kind of why we're, we are where we are now. They had a vote 
this past week to see uh, if they were going to approve strike action if they couldn't meet a deadline for an agreement to be hammered out. And that's so we still have about uh, a week or so for the two sides to kind of come together. But if they don't hammer out a deal, then they're going to walk off the job. They're going to give their 72 hours notice. If these workers walk off the job, what does it mean for people who have tickets with WestJet? And what does it mean for these two airports, specifically Calgary and Vancouver, which I believe have kind of been spared the same problems that we've been seeing out east at airports and other airports internationally? They have been spared those issues that we've seen elsewhere. But I would brace for some issues if, if we get to this point. So WestJet has been pretty quiet on their exact plans and how they're going to deal with this if it gets to that what they have said is that they have designated 500 employees from across their workforce that will be reassigned to help cover off these customer service shifts. Now, if this is successful, there's still 200 short of the workers that will be striking. So there has to be some kind of service interruption. And this comes off of the heels of WestJet a couple of weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, talking about having to scale back their travel itinerary, their their scheduling for the summer, one that previously they were going to shoot forward and try to get back up to full speed where they were pre-pandemic at about 700 departures a day. Now they're looking at about, I think it was about 525 was the number. So about a 25% reduction in departures previous to this. WestJet won't say there will be more consolidations or rescheduling, but it would not surprise me if that's what happened if employees walk off, just so that they can handle the strains of the system. You mentioned wages being an issue. Also, I can imagine some of these long hours may be an issue for employees. What is it that these employees want from the airline? Is it better wages, like a movement in the wage scale? Is it more hours or is it just kind of better conditions that would come with, you know, hiring back more staff, which in some ways is out of WestJet's control if people don't want to come back to the air sector? It is kind of out of their control, but there are things that they can do. And the, and the wage scale is a big issue. Hasn't been updated since 2017. And the wage scale only really applies to the first seven years of employment is what the union was saying yesterday. So once you're there for seven years, there's no more upward movement in your salary. So if you're at that seven year mark, you potentially haven't seen an increase to your wage in five years. And when we're looking at the spike in inflation and everything else that's gone on, you're really just losing money year after year. And we're not dealing with the ton of money that these employees are making. It's minimum wage to $23 an hour after seven years. So what they're wanting to see is that increase to wage. And a more competitive wage structure would make it easier to hire more people because when, when these employees are facing kind of that nonstop vitriol from frustrated customers for anywhere between 12 and 16 hours a day. They've already experienced a lot of turnover. A lot of the really experienced people who were on board previously are no longer with the company. So there's a whole lot of inexperience that's trying to deal with these different situations and navigate the challenges that they are facing. So an improved wage scale, they believe would help solve the recruiting end of it. And One of the other issues that came up during the pandemic is when they scaled back their workforce, instead of hiring their own employees, WestJet did a lot of contracting out at airports. So whether it's baggage claims, some of those other nuts and bolts type of positions. So that's the other end of it. They want to see kind of that dedicated WestJet workforce 
where their jobs aren't being contracted out. So that's kind of what they're asking for at this point. And especially on the first two issues, that's kind of where we're having the sticking point. But an improved wage scale would definitely, they believe, help address the recruiting issue. Now, what has the airline said? What's the word from WestJet execs about the possibility of strike action by these employees? WestJet's committed, they say, to hammering out a deal. Like most companies in these types of situations, they don't really get into, as they put it, negotiating through the media. It is worth noting WestJet has not had a strike situation before where they've had employees walk off the job. Oftentimes in these situations, regardless of the company, these deals can get hammered out and close these big gulfs and negotiations in a short amount of time. When when the pressure really starts to cook and they're hitting, hitting a deadline, these things can get hammered out. I've seen it in other provinces and other industries. So it is possible that a deal could be had. And I know WestJet is optimistic about that. And the union, they're optimistic, but they're not really confident because at this point, according to some of the negotiators, they, they don't feel like they're necessarily being heard or that WestJet, the executives, those who are negotiating, really understand the challenges that these employees are facing. And the, oftentimes that big disconnect, regardless of the company, from the top execs down to kind of those on the ground on the lowest rung. It's tough sometimes to really comprehend and bridge that gap for them. So that might be the biggest challenge. And so it, it's just kind of closing that gap. There is hope for both sides, but it doesn't sound like the union is uh, prepared to back down on these things. We'll be right back. As you mentioned earlier, there's been a lot of issues in the air sector due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And obviously this WestJet labor issue can't be taken in isolation from what else is happening around the country. I mean, before we even started recording, you know, we were talking about kind of individual issues, you know, relatives of mine have had problems with their flights being canceled or delayed. Our producer, Sean Knox, who's listening as we record this, was talking about a, a, a big delay that he had when he was coming back into the country recently. How did the pandemic set up some of these circumstances we're seeing right now? It's been a lot of dominoes that have fallen. And at this point, they have a huge hole that they're trying to dig out of, like a lot of sectors, especially sectors that have had to lay off uh, vast portions of their workforce. So the biggest issue right now for these airlines is that staffing component and being able to meet that pent-up demand, that pent-up surge of people who want to travel again. And it's been a pretty big issue, especially in some of the biggest airports in Canada, like Pearson in Toronto and in Montreal. Those stories have been talked about for the last several weeks about hours and hours and hours people have waited, issues getting through customs and luggage being lost. Now, the people who are always the receptacle of all this frustration are those customer service people. And it has really hit their mental well-being in a lot of cases. The negotiator I was talking with yesterday saying it's almost like watching them come back from war. It's been that traumatic for some of them. Not all of them, but for some of them. And it's just it's kind of that thousand-yard stare as they're heading to these voting booths where it's just struggling to keep it together. And there's been some breakdowns. There's been a lot of burnout, which is not good for the service end of the industry either. So there's been bigger issues in other airports across the country. 
Calgary's actually been fairly lucky. They haven't had the issues that some of these other places have had, which considering they're a fairly major international airport in Canada, one of the four biggest, they've been pretty lucky in that regard. But WestJet is the biggest airline out of Calgary. It's their headquarters. So this could really hit Calgary hard. There's 136 flights a day, 130 departures a day out of Calgary, just from WestJet. Uh, out of Vancouver, there's 65. So this could have a pretty big impact. And Calgary, Vancouver, they could start seeing some more of these issues that other centers like Toronto, uh, like Montreal, have experienced. And it's not all due to the airlines themselves. There's issues, like I said, at the border, going through customs. It's been a mess in a lot of these places. And as these airports and airlines are trying to go through recovery, it's just kind of fueled a lot of their challenges. Everyone loves to hate on Canadian airlines, but obviously this is having an impact on them too, their bottom line, as well as their corporate perception in Canada. What are airlines or people in the industry saying about how these slowdowns and delays are impacting the reputation of our industry? The reputations are taking a big hit. WestJet has been a little luckier than some of the others, but Air Canada, for example, there's a story out uh, recently about their shares losing 23% of their value. So it's been a pretty big hit to the industry. And that, that's the 800-pound gorilla in the country when it comes to airlines. Then you have WestJet that's trying to bring on Sunwing. They're going through a merger process where they're trying to acquire Sunwing Airlines, which is a big travel destination airline here. So it, there, there's the chance that if this continues to spiral forward at a time when Canada really needs to be hammering home that ability to travel, to recover uh, the tourism industry. And it's not just Canadians leaving Canada to go to these sunnier destinations. It's people flying to Canada to visit the different tourism opportunities here. Uh, and it's causing a lot of troubles. Uh, there's stories out of New York where people are just bypassing Canada altogether or looking to other destinations because of the headaches that they're experiencing at the border or flying in Canada or getting stuck at Pearson or in Montreal and missing connection flights or losing luggage. It's a major hit to the tourism industry and to these airlines. If, if people lose confidence in that, they'll look elsewhere. Now, mind you, this isn't just issues with airport staffing or airline staffing. How have federal rules factored into all this? That's been a major, major headache, a major source for these issues. And it's contributing to people avoiding Canada. The, the big app that the government has put out, the Arrive Canada app, it's been a major headache. The federal government claims, well, it's 99% accurate through the air, but it's also having an impact uh, crossing the border landwise, and they say it's only 89%. Now, 89%, if, if it's a math test, that sounds pretty good, but <laughs> that's basically one in 10 people trying to cross into Canada on a land border. They're having troubles with this app and potentially being forced to quarantine or go through other processes. That, that's a lot of people. When you look at the thousands upon thousands of people that cross into Canada on a daily basis, even 1% of people flying into Canada, they're having trouble with this app. That's a huge chunk of people who are having issues with this. Uh, and there's been a lot of critics who have slammed this app and its capacity to actually function properly. That's been a major issue. And just there's still issues over some of the regulations when it comes to vaccinations. And I think even the Calgary Flames are experiencing a little bit of that now, right, with uh, 
Johnny Goodrow and Matthew Kachuk who are saying, no, I just, I want to be closer to home. I want to be in the U.S. And uh, there's been a lot of talk among even professional athletes about the frustrations about crossing into Canada and, and vaccination requirements and all the rest. So there's a lot of regulations that are out of the airline's hands that are really causing some issues. And this has been a point that WestJet and some of these other airlines have been hammering home. Some of the analysts have been hammering home is that they need clarity in these regulations, it needs to be simplified for the industry to fully recover. And how long is it expected these problems could last? I mean, we're partway through peak summer travel season, and a lot of people have kind of had their vacations not ruined, but, you know, have hit speed bumps with their vacations. Is this expected to last through the end of the summer? Yeah, I would be surprised if this is ironed out this year. My guess is if we can avoid another wave, another lockdown, more regulations, this is something that will take through going through some of the slower periods of travel to really iron out. Right now, it's when we look at the hole that they're trying to dig out of, they're trying to play catch up while everything is going 100 miles an hour. So it's going to take time to really kind of catch up and get everything sorted out. A strike will complicate that further. It'll uh, set the process back even further for WestJet. I know Air Canada's gone through their labor issues recently as well. So it's not just WestJet, it's industry-wide in Canada. And I know a lot of analysts are looking at at least the end of summer before this is figured out. My unexpertise point with you would say is going to be probably towards next year before everything's caught up. And lastly, Back to WestJet, you say they voted in favor of a strike. They just have to give notice. When could workers go on strike? So the deadline they have set for negotiations to be figured out, to be completed, is July 24th. So if there is not a deal in place by July 24th, they're required to give notice 72 hours. So that's three days. So July 27th, workers could walk off the job and go to the picket lines. Now, that doesn't preclude after that notice being given. It doesn't stop negotiations. It doesn't stop anything. So negotiations really could continue or will continue beyond July 27th. I know they're in Calgary working on a deal, trying to hammer something out. But July 24th is uh, the first big deadline for notice to be given. And then July 27th would be the earliest that uh, workers could walk off the job. Josh Aldrich, thanks for your time. Absolutely no problem. Thank you for having me on. 103 is produced by Sean Knox. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Josh Aldrich. More from him at calgaryherald.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.